As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. There's only four parts of a real estate deal. Number one, you got to find the property. Number two is you fund it. Number three is you typically fix it up. And number four is you either keep for long-term gain or you sell it. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to out-of-state real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Alan Cowgill. Hi, Alan. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well, and thank you for joining us. Alan is joining us from Ohio, actually, he, where he is in Springfield, Ohio, and he is the owner of Colby Properties and the president of Integrity Home Buyers. And he actively invests in single and small multifamily properties. He's on the board of directors for Clark County Property Management Association. He's been an adjunct professor for five years, previously at Clark State University, and he is the published author of Walking with the Wise Real Estate Investor. And since 1995, he's done hundreds of transactions, and he loves to use private lenders to fund those purchases. With that being said, Alan, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, sure can. Well, many, many years ago, I was broke, living in a little dinky two-bedroom apartment, couldn't pay all my bills, and I was struggling. And um, one uh, one night I, I was up uh, channel surfing. I hit one of those real estate infomercials, and I got my attention. Um, I didn't have the money to buy the home study system because I spent my money that day on lottery tickets. But they take a credit card, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, I ordered that home study system and became enthralled with real estate. And uh, that year, I bought two properties. The next year, I bought five. And the following year, 18. Since that point in time, I've done hundreds of real estate transactions. And uh, uh, many, many, many of the deals along the way, I uh, I started to do with private money, like we talked about. So that's how I got started. 
How did you have that explosive growth from 2 to 5 to 18? What in that home study course triggered something that that educated or, or inspired you to do that? What what was the cause? Well, it's actually, there's a couple things. One is is the fact that as I went through the uh, uh, the, the training tapes and, and the uh, and the manual, um, it gave me a sense that I could do it, even though I was broke, living in this little two bedroom apartment and had no money, that I could actually do this. And so it gave me the the wherewithal to go out and uh, and start to make offers. And then the second thing is I joined a local uh, real estate organization called a, a RIA Real Estate uh, Investment Association, and um, had some local folks there, and uh, they. Uh, helped me along the way, had some little mentoring, if you will, and uh, and so uh, partnered up with another guy for a while and just uh, started to, to really get aggressive about buying properties around town. When you were buying, let's let's do year two, for example, when you bought those five properties, mm-hmm. what, what was your strategy when you bought them? Uh, initially, it was buy and hold. Uh, initially, I would uh, want to uh, get a property uh, like a, a single-family home or a side-by-side double or a duplex, and uh, and keep it for for long term. So that was that was the way I started out. So buy and hold the hold the property. And how were you funding those five properties? Went to a, a local savings and loan. Uh, the very first property, I should say, though, I did I did on a uh, on a credit card. Actually, they they wanted. Uh, to do and offer the property as a land contract. In some states, that's called contract for deed, where um, I put some money down and then they would uh, and just make monthly payments. And then eventually, uh, you know, when I paid the property off, they'd, they'd give me the deed. And so I uh, had some money on a credit card that I could I could put as a down payment. And that's why I started out. The rest of them, like I said, it was a, a local savings and loan. And they would uh, they would help finance the deal if uh, the seller would uh, carry back a first mortgage. And so uh, that's the way I got started. Can you elaborate on the local savings and loan and what terms you had? Yeah. What what happened was, uh, since I was in that uh, RIA group, uh, other real estate investors would have properties and they would want to sell them and they would uh, uh, offer them to me. And if it looked like a good deal, uh then uh, I would go to the savings alone, and they would uh, they would finance eighty percent of the deal as long as the uh, seller would carry back the twenty percent because I didn't have the money down. I was broke, and so then I would have a first and a second mortgage on the property, and the first mortgage would be the savings and loan, and that would be the the bigger chunk of money that I had to pay every month. And so I'd fix the property up, I'd borrow money to to rehab it, and uh, and then I'd put. Uh, tenants in there to rent it. And then they would, with their rent, it would cover the first and second payment and then uh, a little bit extra. And would you borrow the money to rehab it from the savings and loan company? Yep. So you'd borrow the 80% plus any rehab costs? Yes. Yep. That's exactly how I did it. And how are you still doing that model today? No. What I, what I do today is I borrow money from private individuals to fund the deals. And that's a whole different different world, and so much easier, and so it's wonderful. It's it's easiest, best, and cheapest way to fund your deals, what, what I consider. So it's great. What's the typical structure? What'll happen on those is, well, let's just take you, Joe. Let's say, for an example, you had some money that you wanted to get a high rate of return on. In fact, uh, so many people right now are struggling because uh, current bank CD rates are, are 0027%. That's, you know, down about... 25% of 1%. Uh, 
So if they had $100,000 on a bank CD, at the end of uh, 12 months, they'd only be earning 270 bucks. And, you know, that's that's pretty horrible for folks, and they're struggling. And so what would happen is you'd want to uh, get a higher rate of return, and I would uh, I'd talk to you about the uh, the type of deals that I'm doing, and if it sounded like uh, it was good for you and, and me, then what would happen is you would loan me the money. Now, you would not give the money to me. You You don't... Uh, any investor, you don't want to touch the money. You want the money to go to a formal closing. So in Ohio here, we can close with attorneys. So I would have you send your money to to an attorney and it would go into their escrow account. I'd order money from you about seven to 10 days before I close on the deal. And so then I'd uh, go ahead and you'd send your money in and you don't want to send in a personal check because that would uh, cause delay the closing. You want to send in a wire or a uh, or a bank check, so we make sure that we got good funds there. Uh, I'd close on the property, and then uh, you would get a mortgage, a promissory note, hazard insurance, and lender title insurance. And what will happen then is uh, I will borrow enough from you to where I don't have to put one penny of my own money in the deal. So I borrow uh, 100% of the uh, closing cost, uh, the, the money to fund the deal, uh, by the property, uh, and then uh, uh, rehab money, and so coming out of closing, I, closing, I would have a key and a deed and uh, and a fistful of cash, and I uh, I don't over leverage the property. I don't take every dime out of it because I, I take a small amount out or whatever I need to go ahead and and rehab the property, and then that leaves the profit in there for when I finally sell the property, and so then I can have a contractor's meeting that day because uh, the day I close, because I've got the money to go start the rehab. And so uh, we'll get a, uh, all the contractors together at one time. We'll have a contractor's meeting at the property, and uh, and we'll start the rehab. And so I'll get uh, quotes on what people will uh, will do the, the work on, and then I've got 100% of the money to fund the deal. And uh, the folks will go ahead and fix the property up, the, rehab, the, uh, the contractors, and then they get paid. And uh, and what will happen then is uh, I will either sell the property or I'll keep it for long term. Now, on that, Joe, I should tell you, if, I, if I'm if i going to buy, fix, and sell, then it's typically simple interest only and a higher rate of return. If I'm going to keep it for long term, then what I do is just like a bank loan. It's a lower interest rate, and I amortize the loan. And then eventually those will, those will pay off, and then you got a free and clear house. So... Uh, what will happen then? Let's say I'm going to buy, fix, and sell. Well, uh, house is fixed up. I go ahead and advertise, market the property. The property sells. And then you would get all of your principal and accrued interest back. Now, if I do that in less than 90 days, I have an Allen's rule of thumb. And it says I will always pay you 90 days interest. I I just wanted to treat my private lenders like I wanted to be treated. And if they took money off an interest-bearing inst- instrument, and they only had, let's say, three weeks' worth of interest, they would not be very excited about that. And so I wanted to make sure that I was fair with everybody. So let's say I, I only have uh, the, the property for three three weeks and I sell it. Well, then I'm going to pay you 90 days of interest, and it's my job to uh, get your money out, out working again. And what's going to happen when I sell the property is you will get every dime back because I promised you that the money would be secured by real estate when I took it. And so once I sell a property, I give the money back to you. And then it's my job to get your money working again on another property. Can you give an example of what an investor return would look like on the option where you sell the property 
and then an option where you are holding the property because you mentioned on the hold there's a lower interest rate and you amortize the loan. So can you give just two hypothetical examples? Yeah, what I'd like to do is is go back in time and 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 let folks know where I started. I I started two decades ago, and and I started 1995, and I had my first private lender in 1997. And back then, the going rate was 15%. And the, and the market then, after a few years, changed. And I got feedback from my private lenders that 15% was too good to be true. So I, I lowered my interest rate to make them happy and keep them comfortable. And, uh, uh, and then uh, I, I did a 10 and 12% at that time. It was a split rate. Uh, where I, when I started out at 15, everybody was getting monthly payments. And the split rate... Uh, if folks would uh, take 10%, then they'd get monthly payments. But if they accepted 12%, then they'd get paid when I get paid, when I, which is when I sold the property. And what I found was that people with IRAs would always pick the higher rate because they had the money in the IRA they wanted to make grow, or if they needed money to live off of, they could live off the money in the IRA. And uh, other people, they liked the monthly payments, and I could do that since I had properties that was, was bringing in rental income. So uh, the market has shifted again. And I have students paying four, four and a half, five, six, seven percent interest. The going rate I see all over the nation uh, is between six and eight percent. So, for an example, uh, and that would be six percent if folks are taking monthly payments, eight percent if they're letting the money accrue. And uh, the, so, if I would borrow money from you and it was a, a buy, fix, sell, and you did not need monthly payments, then I'd be paying you eight percent. So uh, when I pay you back, you'd get uh, you get paid all at once. You get all your principal and accrued interest back once I sell the property. Now on a on the other example that you ask about, where I'm I'm holding a property for long term and I'm amortizing the loan, uh, you want to be around around four percent, maybe maybe five, but but around in that that area, you want to be low, lower than the simple interest only uh, plan. And so typically, what I would do is uh, I could do a 30-year loan. Uh, if you got a, a low-end property that you're buying and you can see where you can cover all your costs with the rent coming in and you could pay it off in seven years, and I'd give you a seven-year lo- uh, loan on the property. And at the end of it, you'd be paid off in full because the amortized loan would pay down over time. And at the end, I'd have a free and clear house. Alan, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best ever? Uh, is to get private lenders. Uh, what happened to me was I uh, I was going down to that corner bank, like I talked about, that savings and loan, and I wanted to be a full-time real estate investor. And I got a quarter century in corporate America. In the last 17 and a half years, I was with one company, and uh, they had a they had a layoff, and I and they were looking for volunteers, and they offered a sweetened package, and I volunteered. I wanted to be a full-time real estate investor, and so I stepped out. Uh, of the company as a full-time real estate investor. The only problem of it is that my timing was a little bit off. There was a downturn in the rental market. I had to evict some folks. And I ran into a negative $10,000 a month cash flow problem. And banks wouldn't touch me. Here all these years, I'd been getting my loans from a bank, but the day I quit the bank is the day the bank quit, or they quit my job is the day the bank quit me. And so I had to find alternate terms of financing. And uh, I realized that, and I had two private lenders at that time when I quit my job. And I realized that the uh, answer to my situation was to embrace this private lender concept and bring more private lenders into my life. And so I held, uh, uh, I had a couple luncheons with some private lenders. And uh, uh, after those those two meetings, I had a million dollars to go buy property. 
and it dramatically uh, changed my life. And so uh, borrowing money from private individuals to fund your real estate deals, and the nice thing about it is this, is I get to set the rules. So what what happened was I, uh, uh, you know, the banks, when you go to them or you go to a hard money lender, they they are setting the rules. But with private lenders, uh, I found that I got to I got to set the rules. And there's only four parts of a real estate deal at the very top level. Number one is you got to find the property. Number two is you fund it. Number three is you typically fix it up and put some money into the property. And number four is you either keep for long term gain, like we talked about, or you flip it, you sell it. Well, this the second big item on there. Of funding the deals. If you can't get over that, you're dead in this business. And if I could set the the financing rules on uh, on how we structure, you and I talked a little bit about the structure of the deals on the finance side. If I could if I could set up my own own uh, 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 structure, it just makes it a win win for everybody. So that's what I did. Uh, I, I started to embrace this private lender concept and and start to attract more private lenders into my life. And and it just makes it so easy. In fact, in fact, one of the things I tell people, Joe, when I speak all over the nation is, is it's just like ordering pizza. And once you have it set up, I mean, if, if you need money to fund a real estate deal, you pick up the phone and you order up money and they send the money into the, uh, to the title company and you, and you close. And, uh, so, you know, it's just like when you order, order a pizza, you call up and, and you order money. So, uh, it can't be any easier once you know how to do it and uh, how to do it safely. What legal documents do you put in place whenever you're raising money? Well, first off, you have to have what's called a disclosure statement. Uh, mine's nine pages long, uh, created by an attorney. And uh, because, you, 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 for an example, if, if I was going to borrow money from you and you and I talked like we are right now and I said I'm going to pay 7% interest and you go away and uh, you think back on that, and and we talked about a lot of different things, and and you think I said nine percent. Well, that could that that would cause a big big problem because we need to have a meeting in the minds. Well, a disclosure statement does that. If I would hand you a disclosure statement and you wanted to know what I paid, uh, then you would see in there what what interest I'm paying. You would see uh, uh, the background of my business uh, and uh, and name of it and all that, and uh, what kind of deals that I'm doing and whether your money's at risk or not. And in my disclosure statement, since real estate is risky, I tell my lenders that that, uh, real estate's risky, but I've never lost a lender because of that. So that's the number one document. And then you also uh, would give them a mortgage, a promissory note, has insurance, and lender lender title insurance. And those tend to be the key documents that the private lenders get. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com. Best ever book you've read? Well, by far and away, uh, the Bible, but on real estate, which is what we're talking about, uh, the uh, uh, Mark Harrelson, uh, How to uh, Awaken the Financial Genius, way back when. And then uh, there's so many great books that I've read. The, the Kiyosaki, uh, the, the pair of them, the, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the Casual Quadrant really made a huge impact on my life. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get free audio versions of books like those. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Well, 
uh, I'd have to say uh, becoming a, a national speaker. Uh, I had all I wanted to do when I quit my job was was buy and sell property, and uh, um, I, uh, I kind of accidentally fell into the speaking spot because I learned about this private lending thing and and people wanted to know more about it. And the next thing I know, I had a, another national speaker uh, put me on stage in front of 150 folks, and I was scared to death. But since that point in time, I figured out that I lived and. And now I speak uh, 30 to 40 times all over the nation. What did you learn from it? What I learned from it was uh, that uh, I, I could help people grow and help people with their business. What I learned from it was I have a uh, way of teaching that people really appreciate and they really learn from. Uh, in fact, at my live events, we raise multi-millions of dollars in the first 24 hours of private money. And it's all because of my teaching that folks are able to learn how to do that and then take that away and do it for the rest of their life. Best ever success habit you practice? Reading. Um, because uh, it's changed my life. You know, I got that home study system. I was able to go out and start buying property. You know, I was, uh, by, by being able to, to read great books from great, uh, great authors uh, has, has just made a huge impact on me and I do it to this day. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, I had a, uh, folks that were in foreclosure and it was a, it was a short sale and they, um, they, I didn't have a penny in the, in the property. I borrowed all the money from a private individual to fund the deal, a private lender. I bought and fixed the property up and three, uh, three months later I sold it for 43214 bucks. And the beauty of the thing is they had a second property I didn't know about. And once I bought the first property, they offered me the duplex that they owned and uh, they virtually gave it to me. And so I made, I had that for a while, and then I, I sold it and made money on that. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Uh, right now, it's uh, it's teaching. Right now, it is it is sharing the knowledge that I've gained over the years and, uh, and getting out and tell folks uh, about it. And um, I do uh, what you and I are doing right now. I uh, speak all over the nation. I have spoke up in Canada, and uh, it's uh, and I do webinars. And so... Uh, that's what I'm excited about. I love doing it. Best ever way you like to give back? Well, it's my knowledge. Um, I uh, I give things away, uh, a lot of training material uh, free. Uh, the uh, folks I, I teach at my live event, uh, they uh, they learn learn a lot, and I get out and um, and give away give away things to people for free to help increase their knowledge on real estate and on private lending. Best ever quote. Two things will change your life, what you read and who you meet. And I heard that from my dad many, many years ago, and I've embraced that concept. And uh, in fact, I've even paid for the people you meet by joining coaching programs and mentoring programs to uh, sit at the feet of, of the masters to, to learn what they knew so that I could improve my life. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not getting knowledge about uh, the do's and don'ts with the SEC rules on private lending. I didn't know there was rules. I, I thought it was the Wild West when it comes to borrowing money from other individuals, and it's not. There is some rules. Like, for an example, if I promise you that the money is secured by real estate, it's important that the money is secured by real estate. Uh, real estate's risky, so I can't say that the loan is guaranteed. Those are all rules out there that folks need to know before they borrow money from private lenders. Alan, what's the best ever place to reach you? Um, on my website, uh, is uh, www.privatelendingmadeeasy.com. And you just spell all the words, all four words out, Private Lending Made Easy. And up there in the right-hand corner of the website on the homepage, there's uh, a lot of free 
information and videos. And, and in fact, there's uh, 35 e uh, coaching lessons that I put together on real estate and uh, in private lending that folks love. I get a lot of great feedback from that. So uh, get out there and uh, get involved with that, and you'll be able to email me and ask me questions. Alan, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about how to scale your business whenever you leave your job. Because as you said, when you quit your job, the bank quits you. And I love that quote. And that's going to be the tweetable quote for sure for our episode, because it's so true. You know, you can have an amazing relationship with the bank or multiple banks, credit unions. But then once you leave that W-2, once you don't have that W-2 income, then all of a sudden you aren't able to get approved. And that's what spearheaded my, you know, my venture into raising money. And that's what it sounds like that's what spearheaded yours as well. And you're talking through those scenarios where, you know, what are the types of interest rates that the investors are looking for on the buy, fix and sell scenario where you mentioned probably about 8%, around uh, 8%. And then the loan, if you were going to amortize it and hold the property, then it might be around 5%. And you would amortize the loan over a, a period of a certain amount of years. And, you know, talking through the four parts to any deal from a high level where you simply need to find the property, you need to get the money, you got to fund it, you got to fix it, and then you either keep it or sell it. And it's interesting, I, I did a, um, a series called Best Flipping Series Ever in the month of March, the last four Sundays in March. And that's literally how we structured the series where March 8th was how to find the property and the next Sunday was how to fund it. The next one was how to fix it and the next one is how to flip it. We didn't go into the whole scenario, but perhaps we should have. And, you know, how you, the metaphor that you used where it's ordering pizza, basically, whenever you're, you're raising the money. And I found that scenario more or less play out in my, my life too, whenever I'm looking for private money for my my future deals once you have that track record because you, you've gained that trust with your investors and incredibly important and I'm glad that you called out the SEC rules because we have to be uh, experts or have we have to be knowledgeable about the SEC rules and we have to have experts on our team who are are supporting us and making sure we're adhering to all the rules so I'm glad that you pointed that out as well, because any conversation around raising private money would not be a complete conversation if the SEC were not mentioned. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your best ever advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.